Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Let's do it. Um, before we get started, I have to tell you this. And I was like, I can't believe I told you this. This is like a couple weeks ago. And I don't know why. This is just so funny. By the way, this is Jill. <laughs> and I, <laughs> so you know, I do these business calls. So y'all, I'm a business coach and I have calls that are tend to be like pretty long, like sometimes an hour and a half, two hours, even sometimes two and a half hours on these webinars. And I don't have IBS or anything, but I do every once in a while get a little bit anxious about not being able to, if I need to use the restroom. So it's actually never happened to me in all of the times that I've done this, like having to use a restroom during a two and a half hour, you know, you get like weird stomach things sometimes yeah. or whatever, like, thank God it's never happened. Like I've gotten a couple times close to where we're getting down to the end. People ask me questions. It's only like happened once or twice where I was like kind of short with my answers because I was like, I just need to fucking take a shit. Like, so a couple weeks ago, Hey, oh I God. think I ate one of those Larry and Lenny's cookies. Oh, of course. And I don't know what it was. It was maybe the type or whatever. Y'all, I had the, I had so much fucking gas, but I'm like, I have my mic on the whole time. <laughs> so <laughs> fine. Like when people would ask a question, they unmute and talk. I mute my th- shit and just like rip farts. And then I... <laughs> Then <laughs> I unmute again, answer the question. Then the next person asks the question, I mute and then fart. Like I was crying loud. Like later I was like, I need to tell Danny because this is like so ridiculous. If you're listening to this and you like do these calls with me, it hasn't happened that much, but it did happen a couple of weeks ago. And I was just like, it reminded me of a time. I don't know why we have to talk about bathroom humor on this because it just, it's so real. And it's just so fucking funny. It cracks me up. But I remember I was doing this certification and I was teaching it with my ex-husband and we were teaching it and he kept leaving. Like we were teaching and I'd like get, go up and teach and he like leave. And then you come back in. We got to the end of it. I was like, why'd you keep leaving? What were you doing? He was like, <laughs> like fucking bad gas. Oh my God. <laughs> I had to walk out of the room. We're like a tiny little cycling studio at a gym. Oh my God. I'm fucking dying laughing. Oh my God. This is real life shit. Y'all we told Dude. you it gets a little raw around here. <laughs> For like two and a half hours. I, luckily, I haven't had to. Like, I have my team meetings every Tuesday morning at, mm-hmm. at 7 a.m., which is a prime time for me to go to the bathroom because I start drinking my coffee around 6 right. 15, get ready. And then, like, so I always leave my team. I'm like, I'll be right back and like mute and like turn my video off. They know what I'm doing, but they're my team. I don't worry. But, like, I guess I would just go if I had to on a webinar. Oh, yeah. I have. I have. Not on a webinar, but literally a on coaching a coaching call, call for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you're I have not like, showing video. For I sure. put video off and muted and had to like literally go to the bathroom. And then like, <laughs> I don't want to flush. So I forgot. And like hours later, I'm like, oh my oh. God, why didn't you flush? <laughs> but I'm like literally teaching to like 40 people on this call. Yeah. Could you imagine? I was like, I would just be honest about it. I wouldn't like be like, oh, looks like the, um, for some reason I'm losing a signal. Uh, hold on. Let me, let me take a second and restart. <laughs> like, I wouldn't lie about it. 
but I'd be tempted to. Oh, I think now, I would probably say something like, hey, you guys, you know, I have to use the restroom real quick. I'll be right back. And I turn off my video and my and mute it, just trying to take a shit as fast as possible. I don't know. Now, if you're on one of Jill's calls and you see her mute, you know, she's just ripping. <laughs> I just gave away. <laughs> hey, but all I I'm cannot... saying is we've all been there. Oh, I've definitely muted to rip a fart or something. Like, definitely. <laughs> what as many calls as we do, like... Sometimes you just have the BGs and you got to oh deal God. with it. I was <laughs> like, luckily I was like, all right, I don't have to actually go, but I'm sure it will happen at some point. Well, you know, what's so terrible now is because so many of these zoom calls are recorded. And like, I think you've seen like some of these where the person didn't realize they were on camera, like, especially those big meetings totally. and everyone's in a room. So you, you don't even see yourself. So you're like, oh, I must not be on there. And then like someone's picking their nose and it's just on. Oh yeah. I'm always freaking out if I'm on a zoom and like just double checking that I'm muted or double checking that my video is off. If I'm ever going to do anything weird, I'm yeah. like, okay, check, check, check. Like, am I sure? And then even <laughs> sometimes like cover the camera just in case. Yeah. But, oh my God. So funny. Oh, uh, that is it's hilarious. Real life. Hey, those cookies, man, I call them fart cookies. And there's like two flavors I can eat that don't tear me up, but the rest of them just wreck my I can only stomach. have like a fourth of a cookie yet oh. in a day. If I have any more than that, I mean, I just die. It's I don't know so what's in there. Like they're natural. So I don't know what those, it's not like it's Splenda, but I don't know what, I think it's sugar alcohols. Maybe it must be yeah. like sorbitol or erythritol or something. Yeah. They wreck my stomach. Jeff and I had one. We flew to San Francisco. No, not in a plane. Uh, worse. Yeah. Last, oh my last God. December or the December before last. And we were just wrecked the whole day. And I was like, <laughs> and also like my stomach was just like, you can't suck yeah. it in. You look like you're right. having a baby. Super bloated. Super oh bloated. my God. It's I was so like, uncomfortable too. All you want to do is like lay down and just like let your gut out. It's so gross. <laughs> and I was like, I'm, learned. I'm never having the cookies again. And then I do. And of course you do. I can't. They're so good. They're super good. They just wreck you. I know. I so guess anyway. I'm just like, maybe I should just eat a regular cookie instead of trying to be like, oh, I just fucking eat a regular. I like having my coffee. Like, so I'll have like a, you know, like a fourth so of a good. cookie or something yes. with your coffee. So it's like a healthy pastry, I guess. But maybe people can send us some alternatives. Yeah. Or let us know. Do you get the farts with the Larry and Lenny's cookies too? <laughs> I feel like we cannot be the only ones. Like they're actually, I should check on Amazon um, reviews. Cause you know how some people leave oh some my really God, funny reviews. It will definitely be there for sure. I got, I got to see it. That's so funny. So, oh, this is Danny J by the way. Um, what are we talking about today? So, you know, I wanted to talk, you've been posting on social media recently. I know you're doing your, your launch and you know, it's always, it's always interesting. We talk about money mindset here and we've talked about the recession upcoming and, and things like that. And what I wanted to kind of talk about was resourcefulness and just being able to create something from nothing. And I think it's just super important. And at, doesn't really have to do with the launch or necessarily like investing in coaching, but just honestly, anything, I think sometimes we get in our own way. And why? So when I say we, I mean me, um, <laughs> <laughs> because I recently was just going through, I've been going through this like kind of separation with, um, with a client of mine and, and just kind of, you know, mulling over some stuff with money and, and my dad's going through a lot of stuff with money. And so there's been a lot of scarcity stuff for mm -hmm. me that's mm -hmm. been coming up for me. And I was sitting there and I went to a float. I went to a float tank. If y'all haven't done it, it's kind of cool. I've been told about these and I'd seen like all these benefits. I'm like, ah, oh, sounds kind of dumb. Yeah. But I did I a float. Oh, it's so, it's really, really. I wanted to ask you about that. It's so interesting. I thought I would hate it because the ones I've seen like are in these pods. And I was like, won't you get claustrophobic? It looks like right. you're floating in a coffin. Right. Um, but the ones I've been in, I've been in three total now. None of them are like that. They're more like a whole room. So it's very spacious. Um, these tanks are filled with 
um, what is the Epsom salts? And it's so much salt that you are so you're buoyant. So you can't float. And then the water temperature is almost like this lukewarm temperature. So it's not cold. It's not hot. So basically the whole idea is this sensory deprivation. Like it feels like you're floating. They turn out all the lights. So you can't see anything. You can't really feel anything. You're just kind of like in midair. And somehow this gets you like into theta brainwave state, kind Mm. of a meditative state. And you're just really relaxed. And so, you know, I've seen all these things about, we've talked about ice baths and things like that, but even like the, um, like the cryotherapy that you get in and they like, you know, freeze you for three minutes and it supposedly has all these health benefits. So I'm, I'm always like, I like to try things like this, but I think sometimes people overemphasize the benefits and then I do it and I'm like, okay, that was cool, but it wasn't amazing. Yeah. So I know personally for me, cryotherapy, I hate being cold. So that yeah, one no. for me, right. but this, this time or this experience has been really interesting. So my first time I was a little nervous because I thought I was going to be like basically floating in a coffin, but I was in a really big room. It was, um, I think they had music in this room. I can't remember actually. And honestly, I can't float. Like I do not float in pools. So I was, I was actually certain that I wouldn't float, but I did. So there's enough, there's enough salt, even for us dense people. (laughs) Cause I was like, there's no way I've never been able to float. Same. Um, but you can, they have like little pool noodles. You can put it under your neck. So I did it the first time. And when I got out, I felt like I had just had an hour massage, like so relaxed, Mm. felt so good. How long was it? 60 minutes. Oh, damn. Yeah. Does it go by fast or slow? It does go by fast. Actually, the second time I went, I think I must've fallen asleep because I think (laughs) Jeff said he was out in the waiting room for like 10, 15 minutes. So I think I like accidentally woke up late. Um, so I think it went by really quick because I think I passed out this time. My third time, I will say I didn't, it didn't go by as fast because I had a lot of brain chatter. And the last time, I don't know, somehow I was able to just release it, but this time I had a lot of brain chatter and it was just a lot of like thinking about the bullshit at, you know, at home at work and all the stress I was going through, but it was interesting in that I came up with some great solutions and I just had this idea. I was stressed about this money and I was freaking out. And then I was like, wait a second, listen, fucking Danny, you've done a lot of shit and you've made a lot of things out of nothing. And like you have every, you have the ability to create anything. So all of these things that you're like, quote, losing, you could just make them all over again, just for yourself. And I just, what came into my mind was endless resourcefulness. And then as soon as I get out, I see Jill made this post about how she and I decided to go to Australia and we didn't want to pay for it. So we just made something up and we we made the money. And I was going, God, it was just such a great reminder. It was perfect timing for that post to remind myself of like what what's possible for myself, but just for all of us. And this is not just about money, but this is about any kind of opportunities that we have so much creative possibility. And sometimes we just get stuck in our boxes and what was just directly in front of us. So mm-hmm. for example, let's yeah. just say it, it is money. And let's say a, a bill comes up, you know, this happens all the time. Like our air conditioning just went out a couple of weeks ago and it was like $5,000 and like things like this, like maybe your tire went out or your carburetor went out and like you have a bill that you really don't have the money for like $2,000, $5,000, whatever it is. And you're like, fuck, I don't have this money. But if you really think about it and like, let's say it's even extreme, your child's leg is broken and you have to pay the medical bill. Like you will figure out a way. So, you know, like if you're put, if you're put into a corner, you're going to figure it out. And so we have all, we have this ability at any time. It's just when it comes to maybe things that we want or things like an air conditioner or something else, we get all like stuck and it feel, I don't know the, 
I think stuck is a really good word because it just feels like this stickiness of like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. And we lose the creativity of what's possible and what we can do. Mm -hmm. And I talk about this a lot in Find the Money Project, but a lot of people are like, I'm out of money. I can't do it. But I'm like, look around your house. What can you sell? And literally there's things that are just sitting around. You could probably throw on OfferUp or Facebook Marketplace and make like $1,500 this weekend and shit that you wouldn't even notice was gone. I mean, probably stuff that's in the back of your garage, you completely forgot about that. You don't even use a bike or a skateboard or mm -hmm. something, you know? And so I just wanted to kind of just bring it up again because the holidays are coming. Uh, we've talked about the recession and I think we start to get in this weird, funky mindset of things are the way they are and they can't change. We can't do anything different. And the one thing mm -hmm. I, I find is that resourcefulness begets resourcefulness. Mm -hmm. So the more you start making up cool things to do or getting new ideas, the more ideas you start to get, which is really, really fun and exciting because it's like, as soon as you think of something, and I don't know, like kids are really great at this. And if you need ideas, I think just sometimes look at kids, like they'll have a, decide to have a bake sale or like throw up a lemonade stand or something. And then they think of something else and they're just always coming up with new ideas. Not all of our ideas have to be good ideas, but when you start generating ideas, it almost begets more ideas. And so you can start just tossing out the bad ones and go with the good ones. But I think it's mm -hmm. just a really great time to discuss like our innate resourcefulness and just a reminder to myself and a reminder to all you people listening um, that you're fucking resourceful as hell and you can do so much more than you give yourself credit for. No, oh, it's so good. I'm so, that is really funny that you came out of that and that was like your takeaway. And then you immediately saw that post Yeah, and the post happened to be about you, which yeah. every time I think about resourcefulness, I always think about you because of find the money and master your money and all the stuff that you've done for people. Um, it's really interesting because right now I'm in launch. So I'm able to see sort of a lot of, the mindset of scarcity and the fixed income mentality, which is totally understandable, especially if you came from a corporate background or you came from a time for money background. As a personal trainer, you and I, the only way we could ever make more money was to take more clients. So you go, well, I can make more money if, and that's, that's like first degree, I think out of fixed mentality. I remember having my full-time job at Wake Forest University. I was making $23,000 a year. And I remember I got, I started teaching fitness classes at another gym and I was like, oh, I can just teach more classes and I can make as much money as I want. I was teaching like 12 classes a week, but I started being like, wow, I'm bringing in an extra thousand dollars, $1,500. If I work more, I make more. And so I think that's the first step is seeing that like your effort really is right. I think before you can work smarter, I think you do have to work harder. I always say that like, working harder isn't always the solution, but sometimes it is. Yeah. Right? Like it's some, sometimes I think we've talked about this before, where I think sometimes you do have to just do more to then learn how to work smarter, to, to overwhelm yourself to the point of having to come up with another solution. And that was certainly my experience in the fitness industry. But if you have a corporate job or you're working time for money, you don't see that money can actually exponentiate. So for example, FBA, we have two offers. I'm in launch right now. It's a business coaching program. So if you think about it, the idea behind it is you invest and you should be able to literally make your money back within 30 to 60 days. Like that's not an issue. And most of like 90% of our people do in the first 60 days, they make their investment back. And then of course, way more. And they take those lessons onto the next, whatever they do. But it's interesting to see people because they're treating it like I'm spending mm -hmm. $1,500. And when you look at the math and you look at our space, yes, $1,500 isn't insignificant. So I don't belittle that for people, but that's two clients. 
for a three-month commitment. The industry standard for one-on-one coaching is anywhere between like two to $500 a month. So if you're charging $250 a month on the low end, because you're new maybe, $250 a month times three months, you can always make a case for why someone needs to do three months because they need to be committed to get a result or whatever. That's that's $750. You need only two clients to commit. And every single person who I'm marketing to has two people in their ecosystem right now who need health with their health and fitness, right? Like if you think about it from that perspective, they're like, well, it's only my family or my friends or my acquaintances. I mean, you did have done so much network marketing that, you know, those are the prime people that you start with. And then you start getting strangers, you start building relationships outside of those people. But there's people right now that, you know, literally following you on social media that would love to pay you for three months of fat loss coaching, but they just don't know you do it. And so when you break it down like that, into like, what do you actually need? $1,500 feels like a lot, but you're like, oh, it's two clients. Can I be resourceful? And do I have the self-belief that I'm good enough for someone to give me 750, right? I think that's the big thing too, is they go, okay, I can see the math, but why me, right? I don't know, I'm good. This is, especially for beginners, they have a lot of that stuff. And we talked about this in a couple episodes ago, we talked about coaching. You know, you might not be good at the at the beginning. So don't charge $500 a month, charge $200 a month, right? Yeah. And then it's like two clients, three clients, And it's not that much. And you guys can definitely do that. So I think breaking it down like that and then asking yourself, like, I'm I'm not like the best trainer yet, not the best coach, but I'm good enough for someone to give $200 a month for three months. And I only need two people to do it. So when you break it down like that and you start to switch your mindset, I will just tell everyone the story because it was in my post, but Danny and I wanted to go to Australia in 2017 and both of us had the cash, but Danny just said, you know what? I just... Let's, no. I don't want to, I want to take out savings. You know, pay for it. So how are we going to do this? And at that point, you know, our audiences were smaller than they are now. Um, you know, so, but we did have audiences that I think was, but we did volume. We actually launched a two hour workshop for 47 bucks. So it wasn't a higher ticket thing. It was super cheap. Cause we were like, you know what? It's only two hours of our time. It's volume. We have the eyes. Let's go ahead and do it. We made about $4,000, a little bit over. We ended up being able to pay for our Airbnb for like 10 days in Bondi and our airfare. Um, and then what was really cool, and this is part of the part of it as well, was after that, we made it a, like an evergreen product. So it just stayed on my website after for like 27, I think we sold sold like a handful, but someone actually found it a couple of years later on my website through a Google search ended up then signing up for FBA, which is uh, a $2,000 offer at the time it was. And then she signed up for FBA Live, which is $1,000. Then she signed up for Legacy, which is $7,500. So over $10,000 additional revenue just from having this one low ticket product up on my site for years. And that's how internet business works, right? You don't show up today and you're like, I'm here, give me a million dollars. You start building that relationship and that trust so that you can cash in once you have the time, once you have the clout, once you have the trust. And so it's a longer conversation, but it reminds me to also just remind all of us that we have options. And when the economy starts shrinking, that's when our abundance starts shrinking. That's when we start feeling real scarce and and things continue. And I fall into this trap too. Sometimes I have to pull myself out of it. We tend to like just spiral into 10 other things. And then all of a sudden we can't, you know, we're going to be on, we're going to be homeless. Like we just spiral. So try to notice when you are starting to feel in scarcity. And then like Danny said, y'all, there's so much shit you guys can do. People are still buying stuff. Yes, we're in a recession, but people, believe me, there's people out there who still want transformation, who still want to lose weight, who still want to get healthier, whatever it is you help with. They're still out there. They just need to know that you do this. 
they, that's the whole thing is they need to know. It's so interesting because so many people say, well, it's just my friends and family. And to your point, that's where, that's where it starts. And what we often do is we make decisions for other people or what we think they're going to do. And we don't know what people are going to do. So I think that it's funny because I was talking to my coach about hiring somebody to kind of take over some tasks that I was doing. And I was like, well, the person I work with always has deadlines. They want things done yesterday. And I would just feel bad just having somebody do that because that they'll have boundaries. And she goes, no, if you set the expectation and you tell them that they're being hired and they are going to need to have a really fast turnaround time, if they don't want to do that, then that's not the person to hire, but you, somebody will be happy to be on your beck and call and do that kind of work. And I was like, oh, you're so right. And so I was sitting there putting everything on me because I was making a decision for someone else that someone else might not want to do when I don't even know somebody would gladly have a job and do something. And maybe they're flexible. They don't have kids. They just, maybe they're young and they can work around the clock. And I was like, oh yeah, that's a really good point. And we, <laughs> we do this so often too. Like you think about your friends and family. And for some reason we get one or two people in our head of who we think we're talking to. And it's never that person that reaches out to you. So when I was a trainer, um, you know, I posted on my social media and I was thinking I was talking to, I don't know, quote, other competitors, whoever. And my best friend growing up in gymnastics, her mom reached out to me with her and her mom's roommate and they hired me. And I worked with them for multiple years. Her mom's roommate ended up losing hundred pounds, got into a bodybuilding competition. She ended up on the cover of a magazine, which kind of put me Amazing. on a map and, and getting me to write for this magazine. But it was a friend that I knew growing up and her, I didn't expect her mom to reach out. I wasn't even thinking that I was friends with her mom on Facebook. So people <laughs> are watching you. And then her mom and the woman who lost hundred pounds were such a huge source of referrals for my future clients. So, so many people came from them, from that one relationship that I wasn't thinking of. That wasn't who I was quote posting for. So we have to let go of the how Mm. we just have to trust that things will happen. So I was thinking, um, you know, sometimes we're, this is like something coming up for me as well. I have to move and trying to figure out like a house and and where we're going to be. And I was, I found one that I really liked. And then I reached out and it was already, you know, under contract or taken or whatever. And I was like, Oh, that's it. And I don't even have to move until January. So I was getting all upset and I'm going, wait a second, just knock it off. You don't have to know how like the perfect house in the perfect neighborhood, where you want to be at the perfect price is going to show up. It doesn't have to be right now, but like, because I'm not seeing the thing I need now, I'm starting to freak out that it's not going to be there. And unfortunately we so often look at our now and go, this is not going to work out. It's not out there, but I can just say this from experience as well. 2020, I had these big goals of how I was going to hit income and what I was going to do. And then everything stopped. You guys know this. We couldn't leave our houses. I was speaking. I couldn't travel. I couldn't do anything. And I had no idea that during the pandemic, Jeff and I were going to create an e-commerce business that did a hundred thousand in revenue in December, 2020. And I can even tell you October, 2020, we made $700 in that same business. So we were about to quit and give up on everything on this whole stupid thing. And it blew all of our ideas or what was possible out of the water. So, so often we see what's going on now and we can't fathom or picture how it's going to turn out because we don't see the path, but often the path is not at all what you're picturing or how you're looking at it and it will show up in such different ways. So I think we have to just be a lot more open to Mm. possibilities that aren't even available to our, our brains at the moment. 
Oh, it's so good because I, um, one of my mentors says, forget the how for now. Yeah. And I love that because it's just like, it reminds you that like, you don't actually know because you actually might not be able to even picture it. Yes. You might not be able to even picture it. So the idea that like, and I think this is where so many of us really struggle is this just desire for certainty and this desire for, uh, you know, safety and this desire for, to know like what's going to happen. And, you know, you just gave that example of there's no way you could know that there's no way you could known your mom was going to be sick. Right. I mean, that was like yeah. the, the farthest thing from your reality. There was no reason. There's no way for us to know, you know, that our husbands were having affairs. Like there's just no way. And those are necessarily not, those are necessarily not, not awesome things, but I think we always think about more of the negative stuff. We never think, what if this time next year, I'm a fucking millionaire. Yeah. Like what if an amazing opportunity is going to come across my desk because of the energy that I'm putting out and my openness and my availability for to receive whatever that is. Right. And that that's where things like, you know, hypnotherapy or meditation or manifestation work or visualization. Like to me, that's where I go. If I start to spiral in scarcity around money or whatever, I literally do that. I do a visionary practice and I'm not like a manifestation person necessarily, but I do understand the, the laws, the law of attraction. And I'm like, okay, I need to get into a wealth state. Like a my, like a, I need to not only like think about money, but I have to feel money. I have to feel wealthy. I have to feel what that feels like. And I, you know, and it fucking works for me because I'll, all of a sudden I'll get like, someone just will be like, Hey, I want to do a VIP day for you. And like, give me three grand or someone will be like, like literally this happened last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, random, I got reached out to by NASM, which is a certification body for personal trainers and said, we want to give you $7,000 to write a book on internet business for trainers. And I was like, what? Like out of the blue, literally just days after I had been doing some of my manifestation practice. Now, I don't think this shit is magic, but I do think that there's something to be said because I think it changes your, your state of mind mm -hmm. to be open to opportunities, to be available for them. And so instead of being like, what could potentially go wrong, which believe me, I think we spend way too much time there. What could potentially go right? And what could we just not even imagine at this point? But you don't need to know how you're going to get there. When I say imagine a year from now, you being a millionaire, you don't need to know. You don't need to know, okay, I need to do these things and this needs to happen. It's going to come out of fucking left field. And you're not even going to realize it in the moment that that was your intention. And then you're like a month later, you'll be like, oh my God. Yeah, actually I was I was available for that because I was in this mind state and I was trying to get my more in my abundance mindset. I know this is kind of woo woo from us today. <laughs> I'm very aware of that, but I think I've, I've definitely had to do a lot more of this since I've been yeah. building the business and scaling in the last year and a half. So no, yeah, I, I like that. I like that we're going there. I always say that I am one woo. Like we, there's some people who are woo woo. And then I'm like, I'm like, I'm a half woo because I do, you know, I do believe in a lot of it. And I, you know, I always, uh, you know, we did ayahuasca, we went out there, like there's some pieces that I'm like, yes. And some I'm like, ah, maybe not. Um, but I, I do think you're right. I think there's an energetics about all of it. And it's funny because last night I took, uh, Beasley out for a walk and, and I had just gotten the email about this house that I reached out about. And I was first, I was pissed because I reached out like four or five days ago and they didn't respond. So I reached out again. And then they said it wasn't um, available. And I was like, damn it. Cause I looked at so many homes and this one just felt like the perfect, you know, location and price and, and how the house looked. Cause a lot of the homes look kind of crappy inside. 
And I was just getting down on myself. I'm like, ah, oh, this is, that's the only one in the whole world that's available for whatever reason. And I was, I recognized this like ridiculousness of thinking. And one practice I kind of got into and what I started doing on my walking was I started going, I can't wait. <laughs> I was literally like having this conversation of, I can't wait to see the surprise that comes like what is going to show up for me? Cause mm. I knew I have months. And so because I know I can't picture it. And because I know that this has happened so many times where I have no idea what's coming, but very often it's bigger or it's better or just different in a way that needed to be different than I ever imagined. I started to put myself in that, in just a place of expectancy and surprise. Mm. Like, I can't wait to see, I'm going to be so surprised. It's going to be way better than this house that I was set on or excited. You know, I wasn't even excited about, it. I was just like, this is the best we're going to get. So we should, you know, look into mm. it. And so I just got into this place of expectancy. Like, I wonder what it's going to be. And I think this is maybe a practice some of you can look into as well. You can journal about it. Just think about it of, I wonder what clients the universe is going to send me. I wonder who's going to DM me and ask for help. I wonder what house is just going to show up in a perfect time. Because honestly, y'all, if you even knew the story of the house I'm in now, it's ridiculous. Like it just showed up at perfect timing and I never could have planned for it or expected it. So I'm like, Danny, this happens to you all the time. Why are you fucking worried about it now? Just <laughs> get ready and get excited. Like it's going to be really cool and a really cool story. So why not let it happen? And just like when I was, I told you guys a few weeks ago on the air on the airplane, and those guys gave us a thousand dollars to not go, like exciting things like that happen. And so I'm going, why wouldn't something really cool happen like that for my home or for work? So just I got more in the energy of Ooh, what's it going to be? I'm going to be surprised. Mm. Then dang it. I lost that one, which if I was real about it, I wasn't even that excited about it. It just felt like a sure bet, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think, I think that's one like practice, whether it's visualization it. or just getting in the, in the energy of expectancy and excitement and surprise, just think about like your birthday coming up and you have a friend telling you they have a surprise. You're like, Oh, what's it going to be like kind of I don't know, put yourself in that space. I think and sometimes we th we use like scarcity for like, um, like motivation, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, ah, oh, like it, it gives, makes me do more. Right. And like, not like doing more always isn't the answer. Right. It's like, so I think we think, oh, we get into scarce headspace. This is the thing that gets you out of bed at three in the morning when you're like thinking about work, thinking about mm -hmm. work. And then you're like, fuck it. I'll just get up and start working. Right. And it's fine. But at the end of the day, it is a choice. It's a mind state, right? Scarcity versus abundance. Nothing has changed in your actual life, in reality, nothing has changed except what's changed between your ears. Mm. And that's a choice. You know, scarcity isn't a fact, it's a choice. And so I start to notice myself when I start going down there and believe me, if you look around, there's plenty of reasons to feel in scarcity right now, right? Every time you look at, I don't know who you follow on social media or whatever, but like, there's always that opportunity to feel bad, to be in scarcity, to worry, to be anxious, whatever. So we're not, I don't want to belittle it and make people feel a certain way or, you know, take away someone's real experience of, of anxiety. And because we've always, we've all been there, but I do think that you have to be open to there's an alternative. It can't be this spiraling all the time because then like scarcity begets scarcity, right? Then we start acting and showing up in our life in a scarce way that's going to attract more scarcity. And I, this fucking shit is so woo-woo to say out loud, but I've just had the experience of it so many times on both sides that I'm like, there has to be something to that. And so, or maybe it's just the butterfly effect, right? Like that's the mm -hmm. thing too, is like maybe because your mindset is in a scarce place, 
every time you see something, you're like, I knew it, it was another bill going to come in. Like you're just, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Why not? Like Danny said, be in a more expectant mindset. And then when something shows up, like that dude giving you a thousand dollars, it's like, oh, like you may not have ha- connected that to that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's always things like that. <laughs> it reminds me of the time. Do you ever tell a story about the hundred dollar bills? <laughs> no. I know we ever told this. <laughs> This shit is fucking, I don't know. This is like magic or something. This is wild. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's like necessarily, I mean, there's something about that, but that was fucking crazy. Yeah. I should tell you. So y'all, there was a book um, by Gabrielle Bernstein called the universe has your back. And she talks in there about asking the universe for signs. And again, like I said, I'm one, <laughs> I'm one woo. So I took this with a grain of salt, but she, she shared this story of how she wanted her sign was like an owl and she went into this home and somehow there was like a picture of an owl and she's like, this is our house. And I was like, okay. Right. But you know, prophecy, but I was like, okay, let's play with this. So I did it with, I did it with something different with my divorce actually. And I was like, I'm going to find nickels and dimes. And so like kind of worked and I was like, okay. So I, well, it's funny because right after you guys signed the divorce papers or the day you went to sign the divorce papers, wasn't there like a dime, a dime, on his doorstep. His, yes. Yes. So yeah. So that, so basically I was getting this gut feeling I needed to file for divorce, but my head was like, no, you can make it work. And I, I just was going, if anyone's ever been through this, a breakup, you know, you're like torn and you're trying to find reasons to stay and reasons why you, sh- you know, not to go. And so I was like, okay, my sign, if I'm going to, if I need a divorce, I need to see a dime, but in my head, I'm going, well, see, you're going to see dimes now. So I was like, well, if I see nickels, that means I have to stay. So I like gave myself a two-sided thing. First thing I drive home, I go down to the laundry room at my apartment and there it's the quarter machines and there's a dime right on top of the washing machine. So of course I'm like, no, that's just a fluke. So then (laughs) I walk over to like the coffee stand and there's like three dimes right below where you pay for the coffee. And I'm like, no, no, no. So long story short, irrefutable evidence. See my ex-husband online with another picture with another girl. And I was like, okay, for sure we're getting divorced. But literally I go to his house to get the paper signed. And it's like, there's only one way to get in the house. There's not other people walking by or the apartment and we get the paper signed and I walk out and there was just a dime right there on the doorway. And I was like, I just started bawling. I'm like, okay, I got it. <laughs> like this was the right thing. So I took that And I had another situation. I basically was like seeing this guy and I wanted to have a, I basically wanted to have a conversation with him on whether or not we should be in a relationship. And I was kind of like, should I talk about it? Should I not? Like things are cool if we don't talk. So I thought it would be funny. Yeah, we were laughing. (laughs) I go, damn, instead of asking for dimes, I should have asked for hundred dollar bills. Like this time I'm going to ask the universe for right hundred dollar bills. So I was very specific. I want to see hundred dollar bills. If I need to have this conversation with this guy. So which is like so rare because like when do you ever see a hundred dollar bill? Really, you know? Yes. So first thing I am online and I see an ad and it's like for ClickBank and it has these hundred dollar bills. I'm like, nah, doesn't count again. Doesn't count. And then I'm in Vegas. This is like the very next day. My ex husband and I have to take my dog to the vet. So we are we're getting out of the parking lot and we're walking across just from our car to the front door of the vet. This truck pulls up to the front of the vet. This lady opens the door and hundred dollar bills start flying out of her car. Like 
12, 13 <laughs> of them. And they're, the wind is blowing. So I run over and I'm grabbing them and I'm holding $100 bills in my hand. I'm like, oh my God, I'm literally touching these $100 bills. <laughs> I'm trying to catch them from blowing away. And I give them back. She's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like that was our rent money. And I'm like, who the hell has just a stack of hundreds in their car. And it started, she literally pulled in front of me, like pulled in front of me. Cause she was trying to get to the vet door quick before parking. I was like, that could not be the, any more not- clear. You're literally <laughs> rounding them up. You're literally picking them up. <laughs> picking them I've never the even heard of ones flying out of a car or fives. <laughs> It was a stack of hundreds. I was like, I was literally touching. I'm like, okay, now I need to be even more specific to the universe. I need the hundred dollar bill to land in my bank account. <laughs> but I will tell you that was like the most clear. I've, I'm like, all right, there's, there's something to this. Cause that was just too fucking crazy. Like touching them in my hand. I'm like, okay, I can't deny this. Like the picture of a hundred dollar bill online, I could brush away, but grabbing hundred dollar bills out of a car that pulled in front of my ass was like a little too crazy. Wild. So this is why I have to be a little woo because that kind of shit happens. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, I think there's something to that. And now it's not like we're not being like, hey, you need to like just, you know, try and manifest thousand dollar bills. I mean, I hope you do. (laughs) But I do think that when you switch your mindset to what could I receive, what could get better? Why? Like what's even better than this? That's just a choice. Yeah. And it might feel like Pollyanna. It might feel a little, you know, I don't know, uh, I don't know, spiritual bypassing, whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, between the two, if it's a choice, I don't want to be in an anxiety and scarcity. That's super shitty. And sometimes I think we think it's fact. Like we're like, no, you really don't understand. I really don't have any money or you don't understand. I really don't. But to your point about resourcefulness, like full circle this conversation you do if you just open your eyes in a different way, mm-hmm. right? Instead of like looking over here, it's like just looking over here. And I told that story actually on my email list maybe about a year ago, but how I was in the restroom at the gym. It's another restroom story, sorry. In the restroom of the gym. And on the left side is like where the toilet paper rolls are. And they were, there were full rolls, but I literally, but they weren't opened. So I'm, and you know how the toilet paper is in public bathrooms. It's like fucking tissue paper. It's like fucking charcuterie. I'm like trying to like <laughs> rip at it. And I cannot get these paper towel. Like I cannot get these toilet paper rolls open at all. I'm like trying to like, and I'm, I'm like, all right, I don't, I'm going to have to literally pull up my pants and walk to the next stall and like find whatever. And I'm literally in there for like probably two, three minutes trying to get these toilet paper rolls open. Then I just look to the right side of the stall and there's other rolls that are open <laughs> literally right next to me that I just could not see. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I was about to like literally just walk into the next stall with my pants around my ankles. And I literally it's right there. So how often are we just trying to make one way work and work Mm. and work because we're not available for Mm. something else because we don't look right like it's right there but you have to have the the uh the openness and the abundance to even look up and experience something a different way instead of needing it to fit into your the box that you thought it was supposed to fit into what else is there what else is on the fucking menu yes and i feel like you just feel like anything is possible I love that story. Like, just look right. Just look up, just look somewhere else. It's, it's really interesting too. I think if you were raised in like, let's say you were raised in a certain religion I was. And for me, when I started to see 
the rest of the world that wasn't there. There were so many things available to me that weren't available in my little world growing up. And so I think that we tend to get in these little boxes, whether it's our job, whether it's religion, whether it's gender norms or rules that we make about who we are and what we're supposed to do. And there's so much more that is potentially available to us. That's just not in our like realm of possibility at this point. So I think some of the things that help is just to get around other people who are doing bigger things, who are thinking bigger, who are thinking different. That helps you potentially yes. think bigger. I remember the first time I went to Lisa Billy's house, I, you know, I know people who have some money, but I went to her house, which is on that show, Holly selling sunset, selling sunset y'all in my brain. I didn't think that I could ever know someone who would live in a place like that. And just even being there, like completely shifted my brain of what's possible. And I still like, probably don't think that's possible for myself. Like I'd have some work to do to even think that that would po be possible for me. But the fact that I even know someone, it's pretty wild it to, it's just pretty wild to me. It just, I think growing up, we used to drive around these kind of like nicer neighborhoods and it was yeah. like, what do, what do they do? And just think they're all doctors or something, but <laughs> there's, there's so much out there that is, that you just may not know that's possible for you mm -hmm. until you kind of look right, look left mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. kind of shift some things. And it can be a little bit uncomfortable. And I'm not going to say like, and Jill's not saying this either. Like you're just going to start thinking about making a million dollars and you're going to look up and a million dollars is there, but you can start to do more than you're doing or have more than you have or see things differently. And that little shift will inch you towards where you want to go or who you want to be. Yeah. I mean, you have to reach out and take the opportunity, right? When like NASA, like literally I had no relationship with them. They emailed me out of the blue, not even to interview me or see what was up, literally to offer me a job and pay me $7,000. I still had to do the work, obviously, mm -hmm. to make the money, but I was available for that opportunity. So you still have to do the work. I'm just saying, don't be attached to how the opportunity comes into your yeah. ecosystem. Be open, be available, say yes. And then when there's an opportunity to take that inspired action, then of course do it, you know, and go make that fucking money. I love it. I love it. I'm excited it. to see like what happens for y'all. I think one of the last things that makes makes these blocks come up is impatience. Mm. So we want things to happen now or on already or to know. And that just, I mean, it's just kind of like when people are dating and maybe they got married and you ask the story, it's always like, well, just when I wasn't looking, I found the one or, you know, it's, it's always like when you're not expecting it or when you're not needing it. And so if you can let mm. go of the need, I think that scarcity and the need makes it repel. And yeah. if you just let go of the need, it tends to come faster. And so just have like the expectancy with like open hands, but no expectations at like expecting good things to happen, but no expectations on how and the, when it's going to happen. And I think that tends to, I don't know, that's what makes the magic and what makes it really fun and cool. And then just trust yourself. We always talk about trusting yourself, but just trust yourself that you have enough connections that you know, enough that you have enough knowledge that you can make anything happen to handle the next step. I think that's the yeah. biggest thing too, is, you know, yes, I'm talking to these people who are, con are considering joining FBA and one side of it is the money. Yes. Okay. You know, do I have the money? Can I spend the money? Whatever. The other side is the fear of success, right? What mm -hmm. if things do go really, what if I get a client? 
what if, will I be able to service them? Will I be able to get them the result, right? So you have to, again, go back to trusting your competency or at least trusting your ability to handle whatever the fallout is. And so you don't need to know 10 steps. You just need to know the first step mm-hmm. because when you take the first step, the second step will appear, but you have to have that. I hate to use the word faith, but like you have to have that faith at least that you don't need to know what it's going to look like a year from now. All you need to know is what you're going to do today. And to me, that's it. And that comes down to like the compound effect that you've talked about that book quite a bit, Darren Hardy. Um, But just really getting into detaching from what it's supposed to look like, how it's going to come in, what timeline it's going to, because I don't know about you, but like I've never created something by holding it like this, right? Like gripping something so hard that's never made things work. It's never made relationships work. It's never made businesses work. It's like it, there need like an opportunity needs to breathe. And so there is that feeling of, and I think this gets better as you get older. I think you detach a little bit from needing all the certainty all the time because you just now have more experience as you're like, yeah, plenty of shit's come up that I like didn't know I could handle and I handled it. And so you now you're building a, a show of evidence that you can handle the unexpected. And so, you know, just trust that you've done it before. You're going to do it again. Amen. <laughs> All right, y'all, it. that is it for us. Hopefully this was a good conversation and got you pumped up. I am certainly pumped up. Um, let us know what you guys think. If you've had those experiences, <laughs> maybe you, maybe you ask for a thousand dollar bills. I don't know. Maybe someone <laughs> will, and we'll see what happens. Uh, but thank you guys for being here as usual. If you have not left a rating and review, we would really appreciate that rating five stars, of course. And then a review just for people who are potentially thinking about, um, going to listen to this. We are just sort of some behind the scenes stuff. You guys, we are really going to try to continue to level up the podcast for y'all, bring in some amazing uh, guests, some amazing sponsors, some other, you know, put you guys in some in touch with some really amazing brands and really just level up the podcast as well. We are very grateful to you guys for being loyal listeners. And the podcast has been growing again, which is very cool. Love it. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye guys. Bye guys.